Well, today's podcast is certainly different because it's a letter to my son, a handwritten letter that I'll be giving to my 16-year-old son who's having a difficult and trying time while competing in a basketball tournament this weekend. So why am I including it in this podcast? Well, because we all need what he needs. No matter what our age or what we're going through, we all need someone in our corner telling us sometimes that we can do it and to get up and keep moving. And most importantly, we need someone to remind us that if we're going to do anything in life, and I mean anything, then we need to give it our all or simply don't do it. In my son's case, he was benched half of the tournament game and was distraught as to how he played and the amount of time that he received. But I told him that I agreed with his coach. He was not giving 100%, maybe 50% if I'm being generous. But when I asked him why, he had no answer, nor had he asked himself the question, which is the impetus for this letter. You asked me for some morning motivation. So here it is, Lyman, you are you. And no matter what you do in life, you can only be you. So don't get in your head and start to compare yourself with other people around you. You will never measure up to them because no matter how hard you try, you will never be them. Instead, what you should ask yourself is who am I? And really think about some of those deep thoughts and maybe some serious personal reflection. Think about all the things that you can remember as experiences throughout your life. Think about what you are interested in and what and who you look up to. Think about the people who have been good influences and who have taught you things. And even think about the bad stuff that has happened or maybe is currently happening. Because remember, it's not all bad after you go through it. Even the stars can't shine without a little darkness. And a flower can't bloom without a little rain. Meaning sometimes what you're going through will lead you to strength or greatness on the other side of the experience. So take it as just that. I remember when you were a little boy, you'd run fast down the sidewalk, fall and skin your knee. And I would tell you, good boy, you're okay. Get up and brush your knee off. Let's try it again. And nothing's really changed. When you do something wrong now, it's not a failure. It's just a proven way not to do it again the next time. It's an experience. Think of it like this. If your life is built of many bricks, then a negative experience is not a brick in your wall. Rather, it is some of the mortar that helps to hold up the bricks together. And if you start to see things, all things as part of the journey rather than a defeat, then your wall will become strong and your wall will not be able to be blown down or broken down when another person looks at you wrong or says something negative. And speaking of negative thoughts, Also, be sure not to listen to half of that junk that pops into your head on a daily basis. Those words that we all hear, so don't think it's just you. But they're just jibber-jabber, and they'll talk between your ears when they know you're listening. Sometimes I have a sneaky suspicion that it's one of the reasons why people find it hard to be alone. The noise and the things that their head says about themselves just tries to drive them crazy, but it does it to all of us. It's like They like to talk when you're walking to class or after a game or right before an exam. The voice will try to tell you something like, you're not smart enough or you're fat or you're ugly or you're not rich enough or worse, that you're not going to be a good basketball player when you actually are. We all have these voices in our head just telling us things throughout the day and we just have to learn how to tune out the negativity or push it away and to possibly change the message. Basically, you're either going to turn the radio off or turn the channel. Don't for a minute 
think that that is you talking. It's just gibberish and random thoughts popping in there, created from a collage of fantasy-like stuff that we've heard other people say throughout the years, or maybe we've read it or watched TV. Whatever it is that they tell you, just tell them to quiet down. And if the thoughts won't shut up, then train them and start feeding them positive remarks. Remember the old saying, you are what you eat? Well, remember, your brain needs food too. So what kind of food do you think would be good to feed it? What kind of books are you going to read? What kind of shows are you going to watch? What kind of friends are you going to hang out with? And better yet, are you going to feed it negative personal thoughts or words that will energize and motivate? Remember, you are you. And you better start loving you because you're all you've got. So if you get on the basketball court today and you start hearing things in your head like, oh, just great, another game that I'm going to screw up, or I can't believe I missed that shot, or I'm just not playing well, or what's wrong with me, then shake it off. Just like a dog shakes off the water after a bath, splatter those words on the wall or roll around the carpet and get them off of you. They no longer live in your head. Evict them immediately. Time to clean house. Your head and your thoughts are now your house. It's time to take ownership and change the locks. The only thoughts allowed in your head from this day forward are ones that deserve to live there. Thoughts that will inspire you to be the best version of yourself always. Any other should be kicked out immediately because there's not enough room for that riffraff nor enough time. God knew you before you were even in the womb. He knew your name and everything about you. He knows of the mighty, solid, well-rounded, happy, energetic, love of life person that you were meant to be. And he gave you eyes to see it, ears to hear it, a brain to know it, and a heart to feel it. Now the ball, figuratively and literally this weekend, is in your court. It was thrown to you and it is sitting right in your hands. And you can do a few things now. You can look at the ball and you can learn how to dribble it. You can also learn how to throw it in the net and maybe even how to dunk it. And you can go on to learn more about the ball and how you can use it by playing on a team and watching a video or getting advice from a coach. And if you do that, you will become a good functional player. Maybe even a great functional player. But anyone with two arms can do that. And eventually you would be replaced by another functional player or you can choose to become a vital player. The kind of player that can add something that a functional player does not have. Functional players are replaceable. Functional players worry. They see their teammates as competitors who might even get more playtime. And a functional player would ask how the ball gets in the net, whereas a vital team player would dig deeper and ask why it even needs to happen. The word vital means life source and irreplaceable. Vital people are concerned about their value, not the process. It's no coincidence that God knew you before you were born, chose to give you life, and made you one of a kind. He created you as an irreplaceable life force. A one of a kind person, student, son, brother, human being, and basketball player. Do you think you're a vital player or a functional player? Do you look at your coach and your team and ask, what can you do for me? Or do you think, what can I do to help win this game? Vital people feel like no one can replace them in life, no matter what. They see themselves as being an asset to the team all of the time on anything. Do you see yourself as redefining the game in some way? And are you afraid to go 
all in at all times and give it all you have because this is going to be the separator in life. How you show up to anything and what you do when you are there is going to determine your destiny. You are your own product that you will be selling your entire life. And how that product is manufactured and packaged and the usefulness of that product will be important everywhere in life. In college, in a career, in sales, dating, friendships. And this weekend, it's even important in sports. Is that you, Lyman? So choose. Do you want to be capable or highly irreplaceable? The choice is yours from this moment forward. You just have to choose how you want to show up. Okay, so I know that message was a little heavy and maybe a bit to the point, but it was meant to put things in the right perspective. No more, no less. You have to admit, sometimes we block our progress and potential for happiness by not getting out of our own way. So this week, try to clear your head from some of the noise, say no to the jibber-jabber, and replace it with words of affirmation. Give yourself some kudos, read an inspirational book, or talk to someone who has accomplished whatever it is that you're desiring. Just watch what you feed your thoughts and evict the naysayers. And remember, if you do something for 30 days, it typically becomes a habit. Best of luck. And also to establish a long-term, you know, financial base to be able to actualize some of the big visions that God has given to us. So that's basically what I do. That's awesome. Yeah. And he is awesome too. I know I came late. Sorry. <laughs> well, we welcome. left the building. <laughs> this is Tina, everybody. Yeah, this is Tina. Hi, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for welcoming me. <laughs> May yeah. I add something to what you just said? Yes, yes. Um, you had asked earlier about Haiti and why things never change yeah. in Haiti and as much money has gone in there. And this is, you may already know this, but you guys might already know this, but just in case you don't, one of the problems with America still today, the U.S. today is still the most generous giving country in the world. Yeah. Too. Yeah. However, the problem is the percentage of the money that actually gets to the people is disappointing. Right. Which is why I like connecting with people like Pastor Elijah. Yeah. When I um because they the people there on the ground that live there, they know what they need. They know what to do. Right. They, they make more, they make better use very little overhead that's why i go that's why i look that's why i take people with me to go look they make much better use of the money that they have than going to a large organization um, and it actually gets to the people that you're trying to help the majority of the money a much higher percentage um, if not all if not a hundred percent and yeah, you, you can't reach as many people that way, num- pure numbers-wise, but they actually get more benefit, the people themselves. That's the biggest problem with Haiti, yeah. is most of the money goes through foundations and layers yes. and layers of administration right. between the UN and yeah. foundations or whatever. The percentage that gets to the ground on Haiti is very low. Right. Um, yeah. And I really, uh, I don't know about the concept, but 
the governments, the American governments sometimes, it, it want to support a local government in the nation with all these big grants. Mm -hmm. But they're supporting a government that's so corrupt, that's not able to help the people on the ground, just like you're saying. The people providing it Yeah, yeah, people providing it are very corrupt. And uh, Nairobi is my, the biggest city in my country. It's a capital city in Kenya. Now, if the, if the, if the support comes through the government, l literally, it will remain in Nairobi, which is a capital city. It can't get to where we are. It's about eight hours drive to where we are, or an hour's flight to where we are. <laughs> and yes, it's sir. not on an interstate. <laughs> <laughs> it is not on the, on the interstate. Our roads are pathetic. <laughs>